Section 25 of The Natural History, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 5 by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 25, Book 25, Chapters 50 to 74. Chapter 50. Plants which have been discovered by certain animals. Chelidonia. Six remedies. The brute animals also have been the discoverers of certain plants. Among them we will name Chelidonia first of all. It is by the aid of this plant that the swallow restores the sight of the young birds in the nest, and even, as some persons will have it, when the eyes have been plucked out. There are two varieties of this plant. The larger kind has a branchy stem and a leaf somewhat similar to that of the wild parsnip, but larger. The plant itself is some two cubits in height and of a whitish colour, that of the flower being yellow. The smaller kind has leaves like those of ivy, only rounder and not so white. The juice of it is pungent and resembles saffron in colour, and the seed is similar to that of the poppy. These plants blossom, both of them, at the arrival of the swallow, and wither at the time of its departure. The juice is extracted while they are in flower, and is boiled gently in a copper vessel on hot ashes, with attic honey, being esteemed a sovereign remedy for films upon the eyes. This juice is employed also, unmixed with any other substance, for the eye salves, which from it take their name of Chelidonia. Chapter 51. The Dog Plant. One Remedy. Dogs, too, are in the habit of seeking a certain plant as a stimulant to the appetite, but although they eat it in our presence, it has never yet been discovered what it is, being quite impossible to recognise it when seen half-chewed. There has also been remarked another bit of spitefulness in this animal, though in a much greater degree, in reference to another plant. When stung by a serpent, it cures itself, they say, by eating a certain herb, taking care, however, never to gather it in presence of man. Chapter 52. The Elephaboscon. The hind, with a much greater degree of frankness, has discovered to use the Elephaboscon, a plant of which we have already spoken, and which is also called Helxine, from the assistant it affords those animals in yeaning. Chapter 53. Dictamnon. Eight remedies. Pseudodictamnon or Chondris. In what places the most powerful plants are found. How that milk is drunk in Arcadia for the beneficial effects of the plants upon which the cattle feed. It is the hind, too, that, as already stated, first made us acquainted with Dictamnon or Dittany, for when wounded it eats some of this plant and the weapon immediately falls from the body. This plant grows nowhere but in Crete. The branches of it are remarkably thin, it resembles pennyroyal in appearance, and is hot and acrid to the taste. The leaves are the only part employed, it being destitute of blossom, seed, and stem. The root is thin and never used. In Crete, even, it is found growing only in a very limited locality, and is sought by goats with singular avidity. In place of it, the pseudodictamnon is employed a plant that is found growing in many countries. In leaf it is similar to the other, but the branches are more diminutive. By some persons it is known as chondrus. Its properties not being so strongly developed, the difference is immediately recognised, for an infusion of the very smallest piece of the real dittany is sufficient to burn the mouth. The persons who gather it are in the habit of enclosing it in a stem of fennel giant, or in a reed, which they close the ends that the virtues of it may not escape. Some persons say that both plants grow indiscriminately in numerous locations the inferior sort being the produce of rich soils, and the genuine dittany being found nowhere but in rugged, uncultivated spots. There is, again, a third plant called dictamnon. 
which, however, has neither the appearance nor the properties of the other plant so called. The leaves of it are like those of Cisimbrium, but the branches are larger. There has long been this impression with reference to Crete, that whatever plant grows there is infinitely superior in its properties to a similar plant's the produce of any other country, the second rank being given to the produce of Mount Parnassus. In addition to this, it is generally asserted that simples of excellent quality are found upon Mount Pelion in Thessaly, Mount Teleutherius in Euboea, and throughout the whole of Arcadia and Laconia. Indeed, the Arcadians, they say, are in the habit of using, not the simples themselves, but milk, in the spring season more particularly, a period at which the field plants are swollen with juice, and the milk is medicated by their agency. It is cow's milk in especial that they use for this purpose, those animals being in the habit of feeding upon nearly every kind of plant. The potent properties of plants are manifested by their action upon four-footed animals in two very remarkable instances. In the vicinity of Abdera, and the tract known as the boundary of Diomedes, the horses, after pasturing, become inflamed with frantic fury. The same is the case, too, with the male asses, in the neighbourhood of Potnia. Chapter 54. The Aristolochia. Clematitis, Critica, Plistolochia, Lochia polyrhesos, or Apple of the Earth. 22 Remedies. In the number of the most celebrated plant is the Aristolochia, which would appear to have derived its name from females in a state of pregnancy, as being Aristilocoses. Among us, however, it is known as the Malum Tersi, or Apple of the Earth, four different varieties of it being distinguished. One of these has a root covered with tubercles of a rounded shape, and leaves of a mixed appearance, between those of the mallow and the ivy, only softer and more swarthy. The second kind is the male plant with an elongated root some four fingers in length and the thickness of a walking stick. A third variety is extremely thin and long, similar to a young vine in appearance. It has the most strongly marked properties of them all and is known by the additional names of Clematitis and Cretica. All these plants are the colour of boxwood, have a slender stem and bear a purple flower and small berries like those of the caper. The root is the only part that is possessed of any virtues. There is also a fourth kind, the name given to which is Plistolochia. It is more slender than the one last mentioned, has a root thickly covered with filaments, and is about as thick as a good-sized bulrush. Another name given to it is Polyrhizos. The smell of all these plants is medicinal, but that of the one with an oblong root and a very slender stem is the most agreeable. The last, in fact, which has a fleshy outer coat, is well adapted as an ingredient for nardine ungents even. They grow in rich champagne soils, and the best time for gathering them is harvest. After the earth is scraped from off them, they are put by for keeping. The Aristolochia that is the most esteemed, however, is that which comes from Pontus. But whatever the soil may happen to be, the more weighty it is, the better adapted it is for medicinal purposes. The Aristolochia, with a round root, is recommended for the stings of serpents, and that with an oblong root, redacted section. But in this is centred its principal reputation. Applied to the uterus with raw beef as a pessary, immediately after conception it will ensure the birth of male issue, they say. The fishermen on the coasts of Campania give the round root the name of poison of the earth, and I myself have seen them pound it with lime and throw it into the sea, immediately on which the fish flew towards it with surprising avidity and being struck dead in an instant, floated upon the surface. The kind that is known as polyrhizos is remarkably good, they say, for convulsions, contusions, and falls with violence, an infusion of the root being taken in water, 
the seed too is useful for pleurisy and the affections of the sinews. It is considered too to be possessed of warming and strengthening properties, similar to those of satyrion, in fact. Chapter 55. The employment of these plants for injuries inflicted by serpents. But it will be as well now to mention the various uses made of these plants, and the effects produced by them, beginning with the most dangerous of all evils that can befall us, stings inflicted by serpents. In such cases the plant Britannica effects a cure, and the same is the case with the root of all the varieties of penaces administered in wine. The flower too, and seeds of penaces chironian, are taken in drink, or applied externally with wine and oil. Cunilla babula too is looked upon as particularly useful for this purpose, and the root of polymonia or philateris is taken in doses of four drachmae in unmixed wine. Teucria, sideritis, and scordotis are used in wine, plants particularly good, all of them, for injuries inflicted by snakes. The juice or leaves, or else a decoction of them, being taken in drink or applied to the wound. For a similar purpose also, the root of the greater centauri is taken, in doses of one drachmae to three cyathi of white wine. Gentian, too, is particularly good for the stings of snakes, taken either fresh or dried, in doses of two drachmae, mixed with rue and pepper, in six cyathi of wine. The odour, too, of Lysimachia puts serpents to flight. Caledonia is also given in wine to persons who have been stung, and betony in particular is used as an external application to the wound. A plant, the virtues of which are so extraordinary, it is said that if a circle of it is traced around a serpent, it will lash itself to death with its tail. The seed of this plant is also administered in such cases, in doses of one denarius to three cyathi of wine, or else it is dried and powdered and applied to the wound in the proportion of three denarii of powder to one sextarius of water. Cantabrica, Dittany and Astrolochia are also similarly used, one drachma of the root of this last plant being taken every now and then in a semi-sextarius of wine. It is very useful too, rubbed in with vinegar, and the same is the case also with Plistolochia. Indeed, it will be quite sufficient to suspend this last over the hearth to make all serpents leave the house. Chapter 56. 9. The Argimonia. Four Remedies. The Argimonia, too, is remedial in such cases, the root of it being taken in doses of one denarius in three cyathi of wine. It will be as well, however, to enter into some further details in reference to this plant and others, which I shall have occasion next to mention, it being my intention first to describe under each head those plants which are the most efficacious for the treatment of the affection under consideration. The Argimonia has leaves like those of the anemone, but divided like those of parsley. The head grows under a slender stem, resembling that of the wild poppy, and the root is also very similar to that of the same plant. The juice is of a saffron colour, acrid and pungent. The plant is commonly found in the fields of this country. Among us, there are three varieties of it distinguished, the one being the most highly approved of, the root of which smells like frankincense. Chapter 57. Agaric. 33 Remedies. Agaric is found growing in the form of a fungus of a white colour, upon the trees in the vicinity of the Bosporus. It is administered in doses of four obeli, beaten up in two cyathia of oxymel. The kind that grows in Galatia is generally looked upon as not so efficacious. The male agaric is firmer than the other, and more bitter. It is productive too of headache. The female plant is of a looser texture. It has a sweet taste at first, which speedily changes into a bitter flavour. Chapter 58. The Echios. Three varieties of it, two remedies. 
Of the Echios, there are two kinds, one of which resembles pennyroyal in appearance and has a concave leaf. It is administered in doses of two drachmae in four sciathi of wine. The other kind is distinguished by a prickly down and bears small heads resembling those of vipers. It is usually taken in wine and vinegar. Some persons give it the name of Echios personata, to a kind of Echios with larger leaves than the other, and burrs of considerable size resembling that of the lapper. The root of this plant is boiled and administered in vinegar. Henbane, pounded with the leaves on, is taken in wine for the sting of the asp in particular. Chapter 59. Hyrobotane. Peristeron or Verbenica. Two varieties of it. Ten remedies. But among the Romans there is no plant that enjoys a more extended renown than Hyrobotane, known to some persons as Peristeron, and among us more generally as Verbenica. It is this plant that we have already mentioned as being born in the hands of envoys when treating with the enemy, with this that the table of Jupiter is cleansed, with this that houses are purified and due expiation made. There are two varieties of it. The one that is thickly covered with leaves is thought to be the female plant, that with fewer leaves the male. Both kinds have numerous thin branches, a cubit in length and of an angular form. The leaves are smaller than those of the Quercus and narrower, with larger indentations. The flower is of a grey colour, and the root is long and thin. This plant is to be found growing everywhere, in level, humid localities. Some persons make no distinction between these two varieties and look upon them as identical, from the circumstance of their being productive of precisely similar effects. The people in the Gallic provinces make use of them both for soothsaying purposes, and for the prediction of future events but it is the magicians more particularly that give utterance to such ridiculous follies in reference to this plant. Persons, they tell us, if they rub themselves with it, will be sure to gain the object of their desires, and they assure us that it keeps away fevers, conciliates friendships, and is a cure for every possible disease. They say too that it must be gathered about the rising of the dog-star, but so as not to be shone upon by sun or moon, and that honeycombs and honey must be first presented to the earth by way of expiation. They tell us also that a circle must first be traced around it with iron, after which it must be taken up with the left hand and raised aloft, care being taken to dry the leaves, stem and root, separately in the shade. To these statements they add that if the banqueting couch is sprinkled with water, in which it has been steeped, merriment and hilarity will be greatly promoted thereby. As a remedy for the stings of serpents, this plant is bruised in wine. Chapter 60. The Balateria. One Remedy. There is a plant very similar in appearance to verbascum, so much indeed as to be frequently gathered for it by mistake. The leaves, however, are not so white, the stems are more numerous, and the flower is of a yellow colour. Thrown upon the ground, this plant attracts black beetles to it, whence its Roman appellation, Lateria. Chapter 61. Limonium. One remedy. Limonium furnishes a milky juice, which thickens like gum. It grows in moist, watery localities, and is generally administered in doses of one denarius, in wine. Chapter 62. Quinquefolium, known also as Pentapetes, Pentaphylon, or Camaslion. 33 Remedies. There is no one to whom Quinquefolium is unknown, being recommended by a sort of strawberry which it bears. The Greeks give it the name of Pentapetes, Pentaphylon, and Camaslion. The root, when taken up, is red, but as it dries it becomes black and angular. Its name is derived from the number of its leaves. It puts forth and withers with the leaves of the vine. This plant also is employed in the purification of houses. Chapter 63. 
the Sparganian, one remedy. The root to the plant known as the Sparganian is taken in white wine as a remedy for the stings of serpents. Chapter 64. Four Varieties of the Dorcas, 18 Remedies. Petronius Didotus has distinguished four kinds of Dorcas, which it would be useless here to describe, the varieties being in reality but two in number. The most esteemed kind is that of Crete, the next being the produce of Achaea, and of all dry localities. It resembles fennel in appearance, only that its leaves are whiter, more diminutive, and hairy on the surface. The stem is upright and a foot in length, and the root has a remarkably pleasant taste and smell. This kind grows in stony localities with a southern aspect. The inferior sorts are found growing everywhere, upon declivities, for instance, and in the hedges of fields, but always in a rich soil. The leaves are like those of coriander, the stem being a cubit in length, the heads round, often three or more in number, and the roots ligneous, and good for nothing when dry. The seed of this kind is like that of cumin, while that of the first kind bears a resemblance to millet. In all cases it is white, acrid, hot, and odiferous. The seed of the second kind has more active properties than that of the first, for which reason it should be used more sparingly. If it is considered really desirable to recognise a third variety of the Dorcas, there is a plant of this nature very similar to the Staphylinus, known as the Pastinaca erratica, with an oblong seed and a sweet root. Quadrupeds will touch none of these plants, either in winter or in summer, except indeed after abortion. The seed of the various kinds is used, with the exception of that of Crete, in which it is the root that is employed, this root being particularly useful for the stings of serpents. The proper dose is one drachma, taken in wine. It is administered also to cattle when stung by those reptiles. Chapter 65. The Therionarca, Two Remedies. The Therionarca, altogether a different plant from that of the Magi, grows in our own climates, and is a branchy plant with greenish leaves and a rose-coloured flower. It has a deadly effect upon serpents, and the very contact of it is sufficient to benumb a wild beast of whatever kind it be. Chapter 66. The Persolata or Archean, eight remedies. The Persolata, a plant known to everyone and called Archean by the Greeks, has a leaf larger, thicker, more swarthy, and more hairy than that of the gourd even, with a large white root. This plant also is taken in doses of two denarii in wine. Chapter 67. Cyclaminus, or Tuberterae, twelve remedies. So too the root of Cyclaminus is good for injuries inflicted by serpents of all kinds. It has leaves smaller than those of ivy, thinner, more swarthy, destitute of angles, and covered with whitish spots. The stem is thin and hollow, the flowers of a purple colour, and the root large and covered with a black rind, so much so in fact that it might almost be taken for the root of rape. This plant grows in umbragus localities, and by the people of our country is known as the tuberturae. It ought to be grown in every house, if there is any truth in the assertion that wherever it grows noxious spells can have no effect. This plant is also what is called an amulet, and taken in wine, they say it produces all the symptoms and appearances of intoxication. The root is dried, cut in pieces like the squill, and put away for keeping. When wanted, a decoction is made of it, of the consistency of honey. Still, however, it has some deleterious properties, and a pregnant woman, it is said, if she passes over the root of it, will be sure to miscarry. Chapter 68. The Cyclaminos Sisanthemos. Four Remedies. There is also another kind of Cyclaminos, known by the additional name of Sisanthemos. The stems of it, which are jointed, are good for nothing. 
It is altogether different from the preceding plant and entwines around the trunks of trees. It bears a berry similar to that of the ivy, but soft, and the flower is white and pleasing to the sight. The root is never used. The berries are the only part of it in use, being of an acrid, viscous taste. They are dried in the shade, after which they are pounded and divided into lozenges. Chapter 69. The Cyclaminos Camesisos. Three Remedies. A third kind of cyclaminos has been shown to me, the additional name of which is Camesisos. It consists of but a single leaf with a branchy root, formerly employed for killing fish. Chapter 70. Pustanum. 28 Remedies. But in the very first rank among these plants stands Pustanum, the most esteemed kind of which is that of Arcadia, the next best being that of Samothrace. The stem resembles that of fennel, is thin and long, covered with leaves close to the ground, and terminating in a thick, black, juicy root, with a powerful smell. It grows on umbrageous mountains, and is taken up at the end of autumn. The largest and tenderest roots are the most esteemed. They are cut with bone knives into slips four fingers in length, and left to shed their juice in the shade. The persons employed taking the precaution of rubbing the head and nostrils with rose oil as a preservative against vertigo. There is also another kind of juice which adheres to the stems and exudes from incisions made therein. It is considered best when it has arrived at the consistency of honey, the colour of it is red, and it has a strong but agreeable smell and a hot, acrid taste. This juice, as well as the root and the decoction of it, enters into the composition of numerous medicaments, but the juice has the most powerful properties of the two. Diluted with bitter almonds or rue, it is taken in drink as a remedy for injuries inflicted by serpents. Rubbed upon the body with oil, it is a preservative against the attacks of those reptiles. Chapter 71. 10. Ebulum. Six Remedies. A fumigation too of ebulum, a plant known to everyone, will put serpents to flight. Chapter 72. Polymonia. One Remedy. The root of polymonia, even worn as an amulet only, is particularly useful for repelling the attacks of scorpions, as also the phalangium and other small insects of a venomous nature. For injuries inflicted by the scorpion, aristolochia is also used, or agaric, in doses of four oboli to four sciathi of wine. For the bite of the phalangium, vervain is employed, in combination with wine or oxycrate. Cinquefoil, too, and dorcas are used for a similar purpose. Chapter 73. Flomos or Verbascum. Fifteen Remedies. Verbascum has the name of Flomos with the Greeks. Of this plant there are two principal kinds. The white, which is considered to be the male, and the black, thought to be the female. There is a third kind also, which is only found in the woods. The leaves of these plants are larger than those of the cabbage and have a hairy surface. The stem is upright and more than a cubit in height, and the seed black and never used. The root is single and about the thickness of the finger. The two principal kinds are found growing in champagne localities. The wild verbascum has leaves like those of Elilisphacus, but of an elongated form. The branches are ligneous. Chapter 74. The Flomis. One remedy. The Lignitis orthrialis. There are also two varieties of the Flomis, hairy plants with rounded leaves and but little elevated above the surface of the earth. A third kind again is known as the lignitis by some persons, and as the thrialis by others. It has three leaves only, or four at the very utmost, thick and unctuous, and well adapted for making wicks for lamps. The leaves of the phlomus, which we have mentioned as the female plant, if wrapped about figs, will preserve them most efficiently from decay, it is said. 
It seems little better than a loss of time to give the distinguishing characteristics of these three kinds, the effects of them all being precisely the same. For injuries inflicted by scorpions, an infusion of the root is taken with rue in water. Its bitterness is intense, but it is quite as efficacious as the plants already mentioned. End of section 25